Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishment, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello and welcome to A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that no one ever asked for, but we're bringing it to you anyway for some reason. I'm your host for today, Josh, and I'm here with Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hey, how's it going? Jerry is a first-time guest and also a first-time viewer of A Talking Cat, so we'll be getting into that in just a little bit to see uh, what he thinks about the movie as a whole. But first, let's get into this exciting minute because lots of stuff happens here. We get some actual magic in this minute. Um, <laughs> as if as if the entire movie up until this point hasn't been pure magic, we get some actual magic on screen. If you're following along at home, we're covering minute 74 today. That's 114.01 to 115. So we start with uh, the uh, family, uh, well, actually both families and Franny, um, all running into the poorhouse. Uh, Phil has Duffy's magic collar, which was basically introduced maybe a few minutes earlier in the movie. Uh, no one had ever talked about it before that point, but, um, <laughs> you know, there it is, uh, Deus Ex magic collar. The, the scene where they actually got the collar, because they had been walking around the woods for, what, you know, 20 minutes or something, and then <laughs> they're like, are you ready to see what's on the other side? And then it, it, and then basically it cuts to a, a, a ragged, what appears to be a collar on a rock, and they just kind of snatch it and go, yoink, and that's it. Yeah, that's like right before I think our minute begins, and and that's essentially when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's is that supposed to be representative of like a crown of thorns or something? I don't know. Yeah. Like, are they are they implying that Duffy is Jesus? Uh, you know, he he's been injured and now he's on his deathbed and he's coming back to life, um, essentially. Yeah, I think the whole the whole uh, the whole uh, movie is really a Jesus parable. If you, you know, if you look at it. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's helping these, he's helping these lost souls. Yeah. So, um, we have all of the characters, um, in the film moving into the, the, what we've been calling the poorhouse, <laughs> and they all crowd into, uh, Tina's bedroom where we see Duffy once again in his beautiful head wrap. Uh, it, lying on the lying on the comforter, groaning. I think that's where um, most of the budget of the movie was spent in the, uh. <laughs> And the uh, the costuming for for Duffy. Well, costuming and special effects, as we're about to see. Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> Phil, who has the collar, leans in <laughs> to put it on Duffy, and we cut to a shot of Duffy and a completely different man in another <laughs> different in a completely different shirt, putting the <laughs> collar on <laughs> on Duffy. And the first time I watched this, I don't think that I caught it yeah. right away. Like I, it took me a second 
for when they cut back to Phil when I realized, oh, he was not wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Oh. He's wearing a he's wearing a plaid shirt. That's part of the magic of Duffy, you know, when <laughs> when you're it's part of the magic of the collar and and Duffy. It changes what kind of shirt you're wearing and uh, Duffy's will is that all shirts around him become Hawaiian shirts. Exactly. Um so we have we have that this sequence of this guy putting the collar on and it takes way too long for him to attach that collar to the cat like it seems like they could have cut that down a little bit well, and also sort of cut down the the noticeability of the fact that it's a completely different shirt I think they left that in on purpose again I think it was all playing up the magical and the aspect of the collar and some of its powers that weren't necessarily uh beyond just healing the cat and uh, turning him into a supernatural uh, Christ being. I mean, we, we've, in a lot of these episodes, you know, people have commented on on the, you know, crazy continuity errors that they see. But this obviously, from a filmmaking standpoint, has to be one of the worst. If they, you know, if they are not going with what we assume to be the, the uh, <laughs> you know, Duffy's powers turning clothes around him different uh, into Hawaiian shirts... That's a pretty that's a pretty staggering continuity error. I, I kind of would like to hope that it's it's uh, David Dakota. You, you got to think that uh, I think they kind of wrote this movie as they went, and I use the term like write loosely. Kind of as you said, the uh, magic collar was introduced what in the last ten minutes before that. So yeah, they were kind of just like, well, how about some magic? And then they're like, yeah, that works. So I don't think they were paying too much attention to the details i mean spe- very true speaking of the wardrobe the one thing the one thing that kind of stuck out to me and bothered me in this whole scene was franny had a bow tie necklace oh yes i and uh i was just kind of wondering I don't, i'd never seen that before and i thought maybe if that was a some kind of traditional garb from maybe a different part of the country or canada <laughs> that i had just not never seen before i think she shows up a little earlier in the film wearing that for the first time and and i i'm Almost uh, am positive that that got a, quite a bit of uh, attention. Um, I, I like to think that maybe the guy in the Hawaiian shirt leaning in is the director. <laughs> this is sort of his director cameo. You know, he's pulling a Hitchcock here, yeah. basically, like inserting himself into the into the world of the movie. Yeah, and you know, the the true fans will know that is that is David Dakota's arms <laughs> uh, leaning in to take care of this this poor, very relaxed cat. Um, you know, they picked, I mean, they picked the best possible cat for this role because Squeaky, the cat actor, pretty much just lays around and is, and is able to, oh, yeah. you know, do whatever they want the cat to do at any point. Um, you really believe that he had been run over by a car earlier that day, you know, and his, <laughs> the lethargy and that's why they didn't need elaborate costuming or, you know, or, uh, makeup or prosthetics to, to get that across. So now we get to the big light show, mm-hmm. uh, probably where all of the budget went for these, these amazing special effects mm-hmm. that look like, that look kind of like Apple title maker from like the early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, when you would put like a sparkly glow on your title, except that there's no title there. Duffy is the title. Yeah. And, and so for the good portion of our minute, it's basically just people, looking at something off screen and getting light uh shined on their face yeah i think it really it was probably one of the high one of the as far as acting when you had the whole cast together just kind of acting you know and and in the scene they were probably looking at nothing you know when they were actually doing it 
So uh, you really got to see their acting chops, you know, as far as reacting to uh, something that wasn't there yet. So, I, you know, I always I always wonder, um, you know, and this goes for big budget movies, too. You have, um, you know, actors who have to act against green screens or who have to act against characters that may not be there, mm-hmm. maybe put in and post or, you know, oh, react to this destruction that you're seeing um, that'll be added in later. But on, you know, bigger budget movies, obviously they have the money so people can, uh, the actors, at least in those scenes, can um, reasonably assume that something somewhat realistic will be there. But like for the actors in this movie, obviously knowing that it was low budget and that they shot it probably over the course of a week or two, um, <laughs> you know, what did I, I wonder what they all thought would be in the final version of that scene? Like, what did they think they were looking at? Were they told, okay, there's going to be a bunch of light and, like, a green orb is going to float out uh, later? Like, or were they just said, look here, something magic is happening? Like, did they know what they were going to put in at that point? Or was it just like... Do you think they got into the detail of saying, okay, this is the part where the cat, you know, becomes uh, becomes Jesus and rises from the dead? Because <laughs> I think they really yeah. portrayed that well. They could see the look of awe on the on their faces. It really came across to me as I was like, well, this maybe this movie isn't so bad after all. But then I remember, I, then I remembered that it is, and it's terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's essentially this sort of religious experience for them. They are seeing something... Like, they are opening the Ark of the Covenant, except yeah. their faces don't melt off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, essentially, not much happens in this minute, but a bunch happens in this minute. There's right. not a whole lot of individual moments. It's more of a spiritual transition for the for the characters as well as the viewer. You know, this is the first moment of true magic, other than, you know, a talking cat, mm. um, throughout the entire film. So this is a pretty pivotal moment. Yeah, up to this point, we could have maybe assumed that the characters individually were all just insane, or were losing their losing their minds due to maybe something uh, there's a massive gas leak in this area right or, and <laughs> everyone else everyone else has been evacuated that's why yeah. when duffy is hit by the car that person is leaving very rapidly because they got the notice get out now because yeah. you are going to die if you stay the, and this, uh, this area has been quarantined uh is under quarantine <laughs> by the government now because of uh, <laughs> That's that's why these characters are the only people you see in the entire film, mm-hmm. and that maybe the cheese puffs are uh, could uh, you know are laced with LSD or something. You never so uh, so yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, so you basically watched this movie for the first time today. Is that right? That's true. Yeah, I watched the bulk of it today. So so what do you think after having actually gone gone through the whole thing? I mean, because a lot of times we'll have guests and. They maybe have only watched the minutes that they're they're you know talking about, mm-hmm. um, and they don't ever actually go back to watch the the movie, or they have no interest in seeing the movie. But you having it being fresh on your mind, I guess. What do you what do you think of it overall? Well, basically, I had watched the first twenty minutes or so of the movie, and then um, uh, about a month ago, <clears throat> and uh, so I watched my minute uh, today or our minute today, and I was so kind of like. The disconnect between that first 20 minutes and this last minute with all the magic and uh, the cat kind of, you know, with no uh, with with no uh, uh, precursor to kind of (laughs) find out what the hell had happened. I was like, well, I really have to go back and find out how we got to this moment of extreme uh, magic and or uh, and where everyone had come together. So um, and I was, you know, I was severely disappointed to learn (laughs) that it was pretty much just uh you know utter nonsense and uh 
uh, not much <laughs> worthwhile whatsoever. So, <laughs> well, um, I mean, we're happy that you suffered through the not only our minute but the film. I mean, I, honestly, you know, it, it's it's not a very well put together movie, and it's it's um, as this you know this entire podcast has kind of kind of borne out. Mm-hmm. But it, it is it's a really interesting um, exercise, kind of watching it chunk by chunk as we've been doing, and kind of breaking these little weird things down that might get passed over without much mention. It's a it's a it's a testament to kind of. Uh, why, like, you look at it, when you watch it and take it in its in, in its entirety, you figure, even if they had spent the time to make this, why is this in, even anywhere at a platform where anyone could see it? It's just, uh, and that's true of a lot of movies, too, but you gotta think, I, I find myself, I found myself wondering, who is this for? And what is this for? I mean, <laughs> I mean, we, we've, we've speculated on past episodes, yeah. uh, at least I have, like, you know, is it, I mean, it was on Netflix for quite some time. It just recently, you know, got pulled off earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it was there for, I think, about two, two and a half years, maybe. Um, and, you know, is it is it bad babysitters who are putting it on for the kids that they don't want to deal with? Um, is it, you know, misguided parents who are like, ah, there's a cute cat on the cover and, uh, you know, it's supposed to talk. This might be fine. It might be like Airbud or something like that. I think, I think that's a possibility, but I also think maybe there, there's another more, maybe more insidious possibility or more, not insidious, but maybe more, uh, uh, a deeper, uh, cause as you're talking about, as we were talking about today, the, the, uh, more sp- uh, spiritual air quotes aspects of the movie and maybe this is actually was actually put together by some kind of cult that <laughs> worships cats and or a, t- a talking cult a talking cult right yeah exactly and maybe this is there and maybe they uh they'd all drank the kool-aid and took <laughs> and went away on the spaceship so you know we never really heard from them but maybe that this was their uh their their uh deity uh or origin story so to speak well if there is if there is such a thing as a talking cat cult then everyone who's involved in this podcast is obviously a disciple so. oh yeah yeah and i think i mean that house the the porn house is a, uh could definitely you know you could definitely have a cult in, in that and it's something that size too so well uh is there anything else that you'd like to talk about about our minute or about the film in general no <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe because I just watched it today, I'm still taking, uh, it's still settling in. I'm sure I'll have a, have to write, you know, like a 30-page uh, thesis on it later. You know? <laughs> I would like to see an academic thesis on a talking cat. That would be, that would be an entertaining read. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jerry, for being my guest today and talking uh, with me through uh, minute 74 right. of A Talking Cat. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, Please join us again next time on A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that no one ever asked for, but we're bringing it to you anyway. Please remember to check us out on SoundCloud slash A-Talking-Cast, on Twitter at A Talking Cast, on Facebook at Facebook slash A Talking Cast, and check us out on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe to us on there too, please, and leave us a nice review if you would. Thanks, guys. Bye. Minute by minute. That's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The talking cast is about to begin. It's a talking cast.
That was episode 75 of A Talking Cast. Your host was Josh Hollis, with guest Jerry Lee. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kowaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended.